1: The bible they aren't recorded in history but somehow he came in contact with the apostle paul and paul led him to christ amazing thought he could run and hide in rome you can run from god but you can't hide you can just imagine what philemon's emotions are like as he's reading this letter here's his former slave <laughs> now led to christ the same savior that he has no doubt he had shared christ with his slave But it took him running away and ending up with the Apostle Paul.
0: It can be a little frustrating telling people about Christ when nothing seems to be happening. You can talk about sin and grace, and the words seem to fall on deaf ears. But what if your words have planted a seed that needs to grow for a while? Today, Pastor Danny shares the story of Onesimus, a slave who had run away from his master only to find himself with the Apostle Paul. Onesimus had likely heard the gospel truth, but time was needed to change his heart. So keep planting seeds and let God do the rest. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Philemon with today's edition of The Living Word. To every nation for all generations, together
1: Philemon, be really easy to find Philemon if you know where Titus is, if you don't it might be tough because it's only 25 verses, but I am so thankful that God put this letter in the scriptures for us, it starts off like this verse 1, Paul a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy our brother, now stop there for just a minute, I know that's half the verse, ancient writings when they wrote in these days, They put their name first. I kind of wish we'd still do that, because then you can decide whether you want to read the letter or not. You know, you read the letter first, then you find out who it's from, and you go, I wish I'd never read it. Well, here they put who it's from before they give you the substance of the letter. Paul, the apostle, I want to read it. And right away, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that tells you his attitude in life and in the circumstances he found himself. He's a prisoner of Rome, humanly speaking. But in his mind, from his perspective, he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now, leave there just for a minute. Philippians, back to the left, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians is one of four letters that Paul wrote, Philemon being one of them, that came to be known as the prison epistles because he wrote them while a prisoner of Rome. Philippians chapter 1 He writes to the Philippian church from prison because they're kind of concerned about his imprisonment and his chains, and so he encourages them. Verse 12 of chapter 1, here's what he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard, not just one guard, all the guards, and everyone else. That I'm in chains for Christ. Paul realized his circumstances in life, including his imprisonment, was in the divine plan of God for his life. Because he's a follower of Jesus Christ. He closes Philippians this way, chapter 4, verse 22. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. People in Caesar's palace and not the one in Vegas came to know Jesus Christ because of Paul's imprisonment. So back in Philemon, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Ophia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Most scholars agree, and it seems very easy to know. Because of the way it's written, that the church that meets in your home. So, Aphia lives together with Archippus and Philemon. Uh, Aphia is no doubt Philemon's wife. Archippus is their son. They're all very involved in ministry. We know Paul writes in Colossians at the end Tell Archippus, see that you complete the work God's given you. See you complete it. Christian family, all involved in ministry. Uh, probably fairly well-to-do, has a house big enough that they opened it for meetings of the church. And in the early church, all the church met in homes. It wasn't until the third century they started building buildings like we did here. And so, they're a family that's very involved in ministry. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now, that could be a whole lesson, message in itself. Verse 6, but I just want to say simply, there's a, an undeniable connection between sharing my faith as a Christian and my own spiritual growth and understanding. And if I'm not sharing my faith, I'm not growing. Okay? So if you're not sharing your faith, you're not growing. By the way, if you're not sharing your faith, you ought to wonder if it's really real. How in the world can you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and not want to share him with people? How in the world can you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart and not want other people to have what you have? I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell, I was going to hell for 19 years of my life, and 19 years old I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want everybody to have the Savior I have, everybody, why wouldn't you want everybody to be saved? Verse 7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you brother have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Now in these opening lines you know a lot about Philemon and his family, they're committed, and Philemon himself is a very outgoing Christian. He, he reaches out. He's opened up his home. He refreshes the heart of the saints. His name's very interesting because Philemon means affectionate. And in the Lord, as a Christian, he certainly was. Very godly man. But as a godly man, this letter is a fresh test in his Christian faith. Look at verse 8. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you. The word means unprofitable. and He's talking about unprofitable because Onesimus wasn't a Christian. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he's become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave. Stop there. Now we know who Onesimus is. Onesimus is Philemon's slave. Slavery was just a part of the culture of the day. It wasn't like slavery in our American history. Nevertheless, the slave owner did own the slave or slaves. They were property. And under Roman law, they had every right to treat their slaves the way they deemed fit and necessary. Onesimus. Paul says... Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He's very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. I love this letter. Paul says to Philemon, in the providence of God, maybe the reason Onesimus was separated from you, and we'll learn just a minute, ran away from his master. You know where he ran to? Rome, biggest city he knew he could hide there as a fugitive, he thought. But in the providence of God, somehow he ended up in contact with a prisoner named Paul. When he got to Rome, no doubt, he's homeless. He has no means uh, except for what he got from his master, and we'll see that in a minute. Maybe he got in trouble, maybe he got arrested, and we don't have the details. We don't know the details. They aren't recorded in the Bible. They aren't recorded in the history. But somehow, he came in contact with the Apostle Paul, and Paul led him to Christ. Amazing. Thought he could run and hide in Rome. You can run from God, but you can't hide. You can just imagine what Philemon's emotions are like as he's reading this letter. Here's his former slave. <laughs> now, led to Christ, the same Savior that he has, No doubt he had shared Christ with his slave, but it took him running away and ending up with the apostle Paul. Did Onesimus really go back? We know he did. And before we continue, Colossians, one of the prison epistles, here's what Paul writes in the closing part, chapter 4 of Colossians. We know from reading Colossians that that's where Philemon and his family lived, so that's where Onesimus would have ran from to Rome. Verse 7 of chapter 4, Colossians. Let me read it for you. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you, a Colossian. They'll tell you everything that is happening here. He went back with Tychicus and the letter of Colossians to the Colossian church, which no doubt Philemon would have heard, even perhaps read to the congregation that met in his home. So he's got Colossians and he's got Philemon, the very personal letter to him. So back to Philemon, verse 17. He knows now Onesimus is with Paul, Paul sending him back. Onesimus now is a Christian. And so here's what Paul continues, verse 17. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. That tells us he did owe something. That tells us he robbed his master when he ran away. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. Don't miss that. Paul, when he'd write his letters, he would dictate them. And at the end of his letters... His custom was he would get the pen from the secretary that was writing it down. He would maybe write a couple of lines and then he would personally sign it to authenticate the message. Here he says, I'm writing this letter with my own hand. This is telling Philemon, this is a personal word for you. I'm writing this with my own hand. I'll pay it back what Onesimus stole. Not to mention you owe me your very self, which tells us that Paul also had led Philemon to faith in Jesus Christ. So he's his spiritual father as well as Onesimus. Verse 20, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you'll do even more than I ask. Did you catch that? I know you're going to do even more than I'm asking you to do. And all I'm asking you to do is, well, forgive Onesimus for running away. Cancel any debt, anything he might have stole from you. Any other wrongs he's done against you, don't hold that against him. Welcome him back. Welcome him. And welcome him with open arms like you would welcome me, your close friend. Beyond that, when he comes back, you shower him with grace and you shower him with mercy. You kill the fattened calf. You throw a party because Onesimus is back home and now he's no longer a slave, he's a brother. You welcome him like Jesus would welcome him. That's what he's saying. You know that's what he's saying. Doesn't end there. I know we're almost done with the letter, but look at verse 22. Oh, and one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you and answer to your prayers. In other words, hey, I'm going to be there soon personally, and I'll see firsthand what's happening between you and Onesimus. Ooh, what godly pressure to do the right thing. Your spiritual father is coming back to town, and he's going to see how things are going. And then he closes, verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, send you greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And as we've noted before, every one of Paul's letters, he begins in the opening statements, grace to you, and he ends, grace to you. And as a Christian, you understand everything from beginning to end and everything in between is all of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You don't deserve it, and yet God showers us with it. Now I have a question. Here's the question. Listen carefully. Why did Onesimus run away? very important question. Now, before I answer it, I have to believe, because it's right here in Holy Writ, God wouldn't have Paul write something that was just flattery about Philemon. No, he writes about Philemon in the opening lines, and he says, hey man, your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you brothers have, you've refreshed the hearts of the saints. I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Listen, Philemon is a very godly man, a very loving man. The love of Christ is flowing through his life. And so listen, the question again, why did Onesimus run away? Under the Old Testament law, you might have actually become a slave because you're indebted and you can't pay your debt. And you would, for a period of time, sell yourself into slavery. And slavery in that day wasn't always a bad thing. You could actually serve someone for a period of time, and then once your debt was paid, you'd be free to go. Once your time was served under the law of Moses, you'd be free to go. But now, if after your time is, uh, is served, and now your debt is paid, you're free to go. You're no longer going to be a slave to your master. You could make a choice and become what's called a doula slave, which Paul said that's what he was to Christ, a doula slave. You know what a doula slave is? that you love your master so much, and your master is such a good master that you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. And so you would say to your master, Master, I love being your servant. I love living here. I will serve you for the rest of my life. And what they would do under law, they would pierce your ear, and they would put an identifying mark in your ear, that you belong now for the rest of your life to your master, and you have made that choice willingly because you love your master. Philemon's a godly master. I'm going to ask the question one more time. Why did he run away? I know why he ran away. You know why he ran away? He ran away because he wanted to be free. That's deep, isn't it? He ran away because he wanted to be free. He ran away for the very same reason the prodigal son left his father, and left his father's house. He no longer wanted to set his life by his father's standards and by his father's guidelines. He wanted to set his own rules, make his own decisions, go where he wanted to go, when he wanted to go, stay as long as he wanted to stay. He wanted to be free. Let me dig a little deeper. He ran away from a very good master because that's his nature. Let me clue you in. Every single person sitting in here, right now, every single person, every single one of us, every single listening by live stream, listening however, every single one of us, every single one of us, that's our nature. Do you know that? Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. Every one of us. You know what's the most it's amazing thing about that? Even after becoming a Christian, That's still, in our old self, our very sinful nature, that's our tendency. Now, this blows your mind when you stop to think about it. (laughs) blows your mind. Because when Moses asked the Lord to reveal himself to him, and I I want to see you, Lord, and uh, he says to him, well, you can't really see me and really handle that, you know. Now, of course, one day we'll see him, but that's after the sacrifice that Jesus offered on the cross to pay for our sin, but even so, is, is it Exodus chapter 34, I'm just going to read it for you. God tells Moses, well, look, I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock, and then I'm going to turn my back, and I'm going to pass by. I'm going to pass by. And God does that, and then God, as he passes by Moses, he declares something about himself, and here's what he says. Exodus 34, verse 6, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord... The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. That's our God. That's who He is. And not just to the Christian, to the non-Christian. You see, in that sense, we are all children of God. Now, we need to be born again to be saved and not face damnation. We understand that. Nevertheless, every human being has a creator. Hebrews encourages us to submit to the father of our spirits and live. You see, we're spirit beings having a human experience. When your human body dies, you're going to live on somewhere. See, God created us body, soul, and spirit. Isn't it amazing? I mean, isn't it incredible that such a good God who only wants to save us, bless us, shower us with grace and mercy, and yet our tendency is to run away, to rebel, to not submit. It doesn't make sense, but that's our nature. That's what sin's done to us. God is certainly the most gracious, loving, wonderful master anybody could ever have, yet despite his goodness, man chooses to run from him. Let me say another quick word on that. And for some people, you really need to hear this. This is God for you personally. You know, some children growing up in a home and they can't wait to get out on their own, can't wait to get out from under mom's and dad's coattails. They want to be free. Listen, biblically, you understand this freedom is not the absence of authority. Romans tells us nobody lives to himself and nobody dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Even if you're not a Christian, you die. You'll, you'll stand before your Creator. Freedom, freedom is not the absence of authority. Freedom is recognizing God-ordained authority in my life and then saying, Lord, I know that's from you. I'll submit because I know that's, that's the place of blessing. And the ultimate authority, of course, the ultimate authority is our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And yet our tendency is to run. Anybody here maybe running from God? Maybe you've been running. Onesimus ran to Rome because he thought he could mix in with the crowd. You know, you can be here and think, well, I'll just mix in with the crowd. Oh, yes. You can run from God, but you cannot hide. And he loves you enough. He's the hound of heaven. And he's going to chase you. And he's going to come after you because he wants to save you. You understand? From yourself and from the devil. I don't know who you are. I don't know how long you've been running. But don't you want to right now as the Holy Spirit is reaching down in your soul and your heart and drawing you to Jesus Christ, don't you want to stop running? Come on. Don't you want to come home to a heavenly Father that wants to cancel your debt? Forgive you, bury the past, Lord. In the deepest sea, don't you want to come home to a heavenly father who just wants to shower you with grace and mercy and then take you to a home in heaven that you can't even comprehend? Come on, if that's you, you pray it from your heart. I'm just leading you in the prayer. You're praying to him, you pray it from your heart, he's listening. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. In Jesus' name. You prayed that prayer. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you. If you have another Christian in your life, tell them today you need to do that we know Onesimus went back and I have to assume when he got back Philemon did more than what Paul was even asking and that's our challenge
0: Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Philemon on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at ccfstpete.church. Once you're there, just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in the St. Petersburg area, please feel free to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We're also live streaming our services for those who are staying at home or live further away. So please don't let distance stop you from worshiping with us. You can find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join Pastor Danny Hodges next time for more from the book of Philemon right here on The Living Word.